10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, Howdy y'all and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. Thank y'all so much for joining me today. What a game yesterday. My goodness. Um, I'm in a chat with, I'm a member over at uh, Two Beards, a podcast in Wrexham AFC. And we have a chat. Uh, and after that 57th second goal by Palmer, I just said, all right. I'm done. Like, we don't need to chat the rest of the day. Uh, the game's over. And boy, was it. Um, man. Jacob Mendy won Texan of the match yesterday for very good reason. He set up that first goal. He got the assist on the second goal. And he made some unbelievable runs, some unbelievable passes, hustled his butt off the entire game. Um, Well-deserved Texan of the match. I mean, he absolutely crushed it. He's turning into one of my favorite players on the team um, for sure. Uh, but man, so we started off. Yeah. Started off real quick. <laughs> I mean, a goal within the first minute really puts things on the right track. And we, it just seemed like we had the game in hand pretty much the entire time. Um, there wasn't ever really a moment where I was super nervous. They had a couple chances here and there, but it wasn't, I never thought we weren't going to win that game. Um, and that's saying something because let's let's look at the league table real quick. Um, this is after the game, but league table, Gillingham's number 10. I mean, they're not in great form right now. They've lost now they've lost four out of their last six, but before that they'd lost three out of their last six. They're just outside the playoff hunt. Um, and they're down there with AFC Wimbledon and Accrington Stanley. So they're not a bad team, middle of the pack so far this year. But man, look at where we are. Look at this. Wrexham, number two, one five out of the last six. Stockport is still on a massive roll. Mansfield Town and crew have leapt over Knotts County. That is crazy. Um, that is nuts to, to see that. Um, poor Knotts, they... They've had some injuries, so that's it's uh, not entirely their fault, I would say. But man, um, the fact that we just beat Mansfield Town in the cup. The only I mean, yeah, we beat crew. Let's see. Gosh, we are we're crushing it right now. Um, I'm very optimistic about November, December. I'm very optimistic to be promoted yet again um, come end of the season, not to get ahead of myself. Uh, what is what are the what do they say? Uh, it was a it's the hope that kills you. That's a Ted Lasso quote. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, it kind of there's 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 some truth to it, but nah. <laughs> I think we'll get promoted come the end of the season, especially if we stay healthy. I was just on um, 
or it'll come out tomorrow, but I was on today recorded with me, the wife and Wrexham AFC. And yeah, we, we kind of agreed that, uh, staying healthy would be the key. Um, and maybe bolstering our lineup just a little bit, uh, in the January transfer window would be a, would be a good thing. Um, yeah, Ryan made the point that we have a ton of defenders. We have a lot of defenders on the squad, but none of them seem to be healthy at the same time, um, which is absolutely true. And he said, yeah, the moment we sign a defender to bolster our defense, uh, all of our defenders will suddenly be healthy and then we'll have too many defenders. <laughs> that's that's exactly the case. I could totally see that happening. Um, hopefully it won't. but. Um, I do think now that Ben Tozer is playing much, much, much better than he was for a few games, um, he's well-deserved to be back in the starting lineup and starting every single game, every single week. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, he, he was great yesterday as well. I think he had one bad ball, uh, but Hayden quickly made up for it and it was no big deal in the end. So yeah, back on board with the bit Ben Tozer train. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if y'all have a chant for Ben Tozer, but me and my brother do. I'm not going to sing it right now because that's absurd. Um, but yeah, we made up a, a Ben Tozer chant. Let's see. Let's go over the stats for yesterday because I love looking at this stuff. While it doesn't tell you everything, it is nice to know. Um, let's see. They had more possession than we did. Not by much, but they had more possession. Also, you can't have 46% possession and 55% possession. <laughs> Those numbers don't add up. Um, you can't have 101% possession. I don't know how, I don't know how you, you do that. So either we played one extra minute of game or somebody did incorrect math. Um, and I'm sure it's automated. So, the computer did incorrect math. Uh, dual success rate, about the same. We dominated in aerial duels, and that I remember that specifically. I mean, we got every header. Um, we were leaping over people. Hayden, one time, it seemed like he was like six feet up in the air. It was nuts. We were crushing it um, as far as headers go. Uh, let's see. Interceptions, um, 12 to 7. We dominated interceptions. Offsides, both three times all of which occurred in the second half. There were no offsides in the first half, which was super interesting. Um, and there were no cards in this game, which is crazy. It's one of the cleanest games uh, we've played so far. And I got to say, one of the best refereed games so far. We, um, we quote tweeted somebody yesterday saying that he's never heard Mark Griffiths say uh, good refereeing and definitely not twice in a game. <laughs> so... Good on the refs yesterday. They did a fantastic job. I didn't really think the, the only thing they missed was Aaron Hayden uh, committing a handball in the box at the end of the first half. So that would be the one big thing they missed. However, ended up not being a thing. Um, it would have been still would have been two one uh, at the end of the game. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a handball. It was definitely a penalty kick. It definitely should have been called, but it's league two. So you don't have VR. It's, it is what it is. You can't, what are you going to do about it? Um, the amount of times that 
opponents have handballed inside the box against us this season and not been called, this is sort of a makeup call for all those times. Um, and again, in the end, it didn't really matter because we won two nil rather than two one. So whatever. Um, they had 508 passes to our 422. I thought our passing yesterday was absolutely phenomenal. We had some long passes that were just threading the needle. I mean, I, Mindy did a, a couple. I can't remember. I mean, there were so many people who who launched the ball down the field to the perfect spot for our guy to run out and, and snag it. So very impressive. Um, our lineup was awesome. Even without Mullen and McLean, I thought our lineup was fantastic. Um, Ollie Palmer crushed it yesterday. He did so well. Got that first goal, um, kind of a ricochet. Can't remember who the second guy was after Mindy. So Mindy crossed it. Was it Dalby? Maybe Dalby that that tried to put it in, and then it ricocheted, and and Palmer was able to get in the back of the net. But you could see Palmer hustling um, all over the field as he always does. I mean, he was running his butt off, and um, he won some headers. Uh, he won some tackles. He he was great hanging on to the ball. Um, and he's not always great hanging on to the ball um, when he's dribbling down the field. There are times when it seems like he's just slightly slower than the defender and the defender just takes it from him or he just loses it. So I thought Ollie did a great job yesterday. He was one of the runners up for, is it runners up or runner ups? Runner ups, maybe. <laughs> runner ups for Texan of the match. So let's see. Long passes, 74 to 73, accurate passing accuracy, about the same. Um, crosses, about the same. Crossing accuracy, about the same. I mean, on paper, we're really evenly matched until you get to the attacking side. We had two goals to their none, obviously. We had 15 shots to their eight, five on target to their two, six block shots to their four, four shots outside the box to their two and 11 shots inside the box to their six. Our shooting accuracy was 33% and theirs was 25. So on the attack, we beat them resoundingly. Like that was, it was a fantastic day on the attack for us. And um, it was really fun to watch. I thought Dalby did a fantastic job. Um, we mentioned this, I think, last episode, but ever since he's come back or ever since he signed his uh, his agreement, his new new contract, he uh, he's been playing much, much better. So. Is it all about the money? I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's the confidence that uh, the knowing that the team has his back and that he's going to be there a while. Maybe that's that has something to do with it. I don't know. But he's been playing fantastically. Let's see. On the defense, tackles are about even. Tackle success rate about even. Clearance is about even. And then discipline, 13 fouls to their seven. So there were a lot of fouls, but no yellow cards. That's what you want. That's what you want, especially when two of your players this game were out on cards. <laughs> Uh, and one of them is your star player. So let's quit getting yellow cards. Um, that's It's just not that hard to not get very many yellow cards. I mean, many people on our team 
don't get yellow cards. Um, so Mullen, McLean, get it together and let's not do that again. We don't need y'all to be suspended, you know, if we happen to be playing, you know, Stockport next time. Like, just chill. All right. What else? I just want to, I just want to go back to this league table real quick. I'm just thrilled that we are in the number two position in the middle of November. Um, obviously still months and months and months of, of games to be played. What is it? We play, is it 48 games that we play? Um, so what we got 30 left, 44 games. I don't know, somewhere around 30 left. So we've played maybe a quarter of the season. So still a lot to be played, but a lot to be happy about a lot to be hopeful. Um, yeah, yeah. It just, uh, makes the whole weekend better when Wrexham wins. I definitely don't let it affect my my mood the entire weekend anymore. I used to. Uh, I used to get really pissed when my team would lose, um, but not so much anymore, except for when Texas A&M is eliminated from playoff contention. Then I'm pretty much livid for the rest of the day. Uh, and, but other than that, A&M losing, it is what it is. We actually won yesterday. We won 51 to 10 uh, against a really crappy school, but we had a brand new quarterback in. He was phenomenal. I mean, he was great. Um, so, and he's our third string quarterback because our starter got hurt at the beginning of the season. Our backup went down last week. And so now he's our third string quarterback, came over from Fresno State um, University in California. And, uh, yeah, absolutely crushed it. I kind of want him to be our starter from here on out, but I think most people operate under the, you can't lose your job to injury scenario, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think you can absolutely lose your job to injury if you don't, if you're not as good as the person who took your spot. So, um, yeah, life's not fair. Suck it up. So I would love it if, if Henderson stayed our quarterback for the rest of the season and we uh, figured that out and actually ended the season on a high note with Texas A&M for once. <laughs> All right, y'all. Today is going to be a little bit shorter of just me talking because I have an interview. He is based out of Phoenix. He's a new friend, um, huge fan of the club. It was such a delight. Um, connecting with this guy. I mean, his name is Steve. He has connected with so many people in the Wrexham world. Uh, great dude. Lovely to chat with. So without further ado, here we go. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. How you doing? Oh, doing great, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for reaching out via Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It's the beauty of it's one of the good things about the internet, right? Is yes, there's one positive about it, and that's having a global community. Um, mm -hmm. The other stuff we'll leave out there for right now. But uh, <laughs> I just caught one of your clips this morning too, talking about bringing in, you know, an appropriate manager for the club, right? Mm. So, yeah, Sean was perfect for two guys that I agree with you did not know much about soccer to begin with. Now, after learning a lot about Mechelenny. That guy is relentless, so I guarantee you now he's going to know just as much, not just as much as Sean, because Sean's an expert, right? But mm -hmm. he will know a ton 
yeah. now about the team, right? So oh, sure. Yeah. But you know, hats off to those two guys by mm-hmm. you know, actually hiring somebody that was overqualified for the position, right? Mm-hmm. So oh. when somebody wasn't actually in charge of leagues, <laughs> yes, you know, bringing them in as, you know, the, the, the team overall manager, right. Was, you know, a great move, get the most knowledgeable guy you can find and then go from there. Yeah. And, you know, paying dividends right now. So yeah. Can't argue I mean, with that. Yeah. And you're, you're right. Rob is tenacious. I mean, the, I don't know if you watch it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but the okay. way that the way they got started <laughs> was like just by their own bootstraps. Like they went mm-hmm. around the opening credits is just them driving around Philly filming with a crappy old camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just took it from there and kept going. It's like he, he's yeah, he's tenacious and he gets after it. Yeah. And, you know, the, you know, watching the show, that's part of what drew us in. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, as we talked about, you know, um, just through chatting uh, through Instagram, you know, uh, when I was introduced to them buying the team, you know, I looked at my wife and said, is this the real thing? Is this like a gimmick? You know, because how can you just buy a team? Like, is this just to drum some interest up on the team? Right. And then. But, you know, when I del- delved into it, it was amazing, you know, and then my wife, you know, my wife's a researcher, so she had already known the details about it. So yeah. I was just picking her brain. She's like, no, no, no. Humphrey Kerr, you know, told Rob all about English football and relegation and it blew Rob's mind. And then he yeah. started watching Sunderland till I die. And then was like, that's it. I got to buy a team, <laughs> you know, and as I was talking with you, and this is the great thing about, again, the internet and about Welcome to Wrexham was, you know, when the pandemic was going on, one of the lowest points of my life, uh, you know, I was working. Like the one thing I can't say, you know, was we were hurting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, say financially and work-wise. I, I work from home. Mm-hmm. So it didn't impact me one bit that way. And I actually felt guilty because I knew lots of people were out of jobs and were struggling. So um, I've got this stupid Catholic guilt that will live with me forever. Um, But but anyway, I felt horrible that, you know, I'm working and doing okay while a lot of other people are suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, But it became this awesome distraction to watch, right? It was just my wife and I at night after taking, making sure our kids were doing their schoolwork, you know, would just kick back and watch. And Wrexham was such a welcome, you know, escape from all of that and you know thank goodness the national league put out a streaming platform to watch the team because i i I couldn't really give input i'm watching a documentary series about games that were already played Mm -hmm. and trying to get caught up on it so once i could stream and follow i actually could have input and really got sucked in but the beautiful thing though from all of this was me actually connecting with people from wrexham Mm -hmm. so um, you know, just before the summer invasion series, um, you know, my daughter's soccer team uh, met amazing people from there. You know, great community. I can never complain about that. Uh, two of the dads that know that I was into Wrexham called me and said, Wrexham's playing Man U in San Diego. And I lost my mind. <laughs> I was looking how to buy tickets right away. Um, I actually had to sign up for Man U's, uh, you know, team interest page so I could get access to tickets. So thank God it, there wasn't separate sections, right? Because I would have been sitting with the Man U section. They would have been hating me as I booed their goalie the entire uh-huh. game. Even when he was on the bench, <laughs> I was still booing that guy. So, so you know, it, it started this whole, you know, me interacting with people from Wrexham. And, 
it was just awesome. So I was, I think I told you the story. I was in Canada visiting my family, hadn't seen them in six years. And there was this thing through WhatsApp where they were gauging people's interest in building the brand of, you know, Wrexham throughout North America. And I was like, oh yeah, this sounds great to me. So I jumped on that WhatsApp video, uh, you know, was chatting with people. And now I'm proud to say this, my buddy, Stephen Jones from Wrexham, you'll see him in the first season, especially during the TikTok uh, episode, yeah. uh, started chatting with him, uh, found out he was a huge fan of Motown and uh, <laughs> sent him a few things on over and he sent a few things back, which by the way, uh, little side story, this mini keg traveled <laughs> from Wrexham to Phoenix. My buddy Steve unfortunately put down the wrong address, but he really blew it, which was great. This number did not exist, or some random person would have had this beautiful little cake, uh -huh. along with some other items. That's uh, cool. It went from Wrexham to Phoenix, back to Wrexham, and back again. So now it's an incredible story of a bunch of emails, uh, you know, and messages through Twitter, back and forth, following this keg, along with all the awesome people like Jim over at uh, Wrexham Lager Club. Nice. So, uh, but yeah, that was the beauty of this because they just weren't people on a screen anymore. You know, Steve will sit down and take the time to talk with you and go over things with you. And, you know, what's mind blowing is the fact that some people really thought the team had formed, you know, just before the series. Right. And they had explained to people, this is actually a real, real, real football club. And I kind of laughed. It's been, said, yeah, it's been around a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was part of my drawing to it. Like my favorite hockey team is the oldest hockey team in the NHL. Wow. So there's a lot of history behind it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I told you this too, is I was drawn to Wrexham because I grew, grew up in a blue collar working class town, mm. a small population that was just diehard. Most of the people can't say everybody, but diehard hockey fans. Right. Yeah. So it was easy for me to get into Wrexham and relate to everybody. So yeah, I've talked to so many people, you know, uh, through Twitter um, when my buddies, Jason and Karen that live, they don't live in Phoenix proper. They're out there a little bit. I actually went to go visit them on Saturday and it was about an hour drive, but totally worth it. Cause I had once again, plugging Wrexham lager here again, <laughs> my very first Wrexham lager export. It was great. Um, you know, uh, went out there and Jim from Wrexham lager club saw that he posted, we were having some beers and called me specifically you know, <laughs> to find out what I thought about it. And then also reminded Jason that he does have a blue mini keg in his fridge and that he used to share it with the rest of us. So it was pretty awesome. And while Jason and Karen, they went to Wrexham on a visit, uh, they were treated amazing by yeah. the people there. And that's the th same thing I hear over and over again. If you tell them, you know, where you're from, they want to take care of you. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, and one last story, and I'm sorry I'm talking so much because I know you've got a lot that you want to <laughs> we want to get to, but no, um, good. talking about the players because it wasn't just the people, right? And the players seem really down to earth. Hmm. And uh, when Ben um, Tozier was going through what he was going through with his dad, not knowing he had leukemia at the time, hmm. and then sharing that with people that really hit home for me because my mom just recently passed away from leukemia, hmm. and it was really tough. Like she came back, she battled it for 10 years and within a month she was gone and it really hit hard. So I reached out to, you know, Ben Tozier, not really expecting much of a response. He's a pro athlete with right. a lot in his plate, right? right. Uh huh. 
got doc. He's got people with cameras following him 24 seven right now. So, right. and uh, you know, just said, I thanked him for speaking up and, you know, having the courage to share that personal story because it's really tough to do because people on the internet can be really great or just horrible, horrible, horrible human beings. Mm-hmm. So uh, my friends, when they went to go visit Wrexham, uh, went over to Ben and said, hey, um, my, you know, my friend from Steve's a huge fan. Would you mind saying something to him? So Ben recorded a video message, you know, that they sent to me. And of course, it made my day. I ran over to my girls and showed it to them. And they were smiling and laughing. She's got an autographed Tozer picture up in her room. Mm-hmm. Loves those long tossings, by the way. And when he flattens somebody on their butts. Uh-huh. Uh, but the amazing part that I found out afterwards is that he actually went over to them after practice and said, hey, did your buddy see the video? So it wasn't just a one-off and, you know, whatever it's done. He actually sincerely wanted to see, you know, if I got it and That's it meant great. everything. It was, it was amazing. So I got, couldn't, I said, I couldn't be a die more of a diehard fan, but now it's, it's locked in for life. There's mm-hmm. no way I will waver from this team other than if they decide to go off and start sacrificing puppies before a game. But even then I'd probably still forgive them. <laughs> That's a really bad image to picture. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't care that one nicely. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And you're right. They all seem very down to earth, very, very much just living their lives like anybody else would. I mean, it's, it's different when it's like Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. Like they, they can't even go outside the house without being mobbed by. Did you see the videos of Messi in the grocery store? Yeah. You know, just let the people live their lives. Like I get that you're excited. Yeah. You know, like we, we see some athletes around here in Phoenix from time to time, you know, when they're out with their families, just leave them alone. You can acknowledge and be like, holy cow, there's, you know, for example, back in the day, Larry Fitzgerald. Wow. There's Fitzgerald. Leave him alone. He's with his family. You know, yes. if you're over by the training facility and you see them there, different story. They're at work. But with their families, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Leave them alone. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, here in Atlanta, we see, you know, it's a big movie, like film industry towns. We see a ton, like actors and directors and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, if they're with, if they're walking by themselves and they seem like they're like not doing much, then sure. Ask for a picture. Mm-hmm. But if, if they're with their families, leave them alone. Yeah. That, that drives me insane. Like they don't, they're not there for your entertainment except when they're on screen. You yeah. Know? So that, that kind of stuff drives me nuts, but yeah, back to Wrexham. Um, how, like, <laughs> what was it that you, you said you connected with the working class town and, and, and the whole history behind Wrexham at which was there a moment in the documentary where you were like, okay, this is my team. Um, really it was just starting to follow the team, you know, mm-hmm. cause again, we couldn't watch it. Right. So I think the moment where it really clicked that this was my team was when I f- finally got to watch them play. Okay. Because it's different, you know, from little clips on the screen, right? When you got to watch them play a full game, that's when I started getting really hooked Yeah. and I was drawn in. And then, uh, you know, the drama with Knott's County. And I'm not even kidding you. Like I, I was trying to pull it up my phone so I could show you the message from my daughter from school. But so they, the, the, the day at Knott's County, I told my boss, hey, I've got something to do. Didn't tell her exactly what for an hour and a half. And my daughter's at school and she's messaging me while she's at school, like sending me email messages saying, hey, dad, 
please keep me updated on the score. Like, absolutely, <laughs> sweetie. Like a good dad, while my daughters, they're supposed to be learning. I am keeping her updated on the score. So it's of more course, important. It's more important. Yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> learning's important. Uh, sports is more important. Um, so I shoot, you know, I shoot her a message when Mullen scores. I'm like, Mullen scored, and she's going nuts back, right? And then, yeah. you know, I think it was, yeah, was it Lee or Mendy next? I think it, it was, was, I think it was Mendy. Yeah, I think it was Mendy. And I think Lee got the third, right? Yeah. So then I sent her the message, you know, when they scored to tie it up. And then when men, we got to go ahead with Mendy, you know, she was losing her mind. And then all of a sudden the message on over to her penalty shot awarded. And she's like, oh no. And I'm like, oh yeah. And, and I'm just sitting there on my, my computer just doing this. Come on, come on, Foster. Come on, Foster. You got this. And I'm a raving lunatic. When I watch sports, it's like I'm right there with them. So the entire frigging neighborhood heard when Foster stopped that shot. <laughs> and then I realized like a minute and a half later, oh, I got to fill in Maddie because she's probably sitting there at her desk. And the teacher's probably wondering what's going on with her. Why does this kid look so traumatized right now? And then when I said Foster stopped it, we're going to win. It was just yes, over and over and over again, about a hundred times. So, so great, but that was the beauty of it too, because she was, you know, just getting into club soccer, competitive soccer at the time, mm -hmm. you know, and then she had people to look up to because at the time she was playing in a left back position. She's still doing nine V nine, not full 11 V 11 yet. Mm -hmm. But I told her like, you could be an attacking back like Mendy, watch him play, watch his style, you know, mm -hmm. and then watch what Tozer does when there's going to be contact. He doesn't shy away from it. These are yeah. like little lessons to pick up on. So as a family, it brought us all in because we were all cheering for the same team. So, yeah, it was it was, you know, little by little watching the series and connecting with, you know, people that live there and understanding what the team meant to them, mm -hmm. you know. And then it, because, again, you know, we, you know, sports can really connect people that can divide people. But I look at the connecting parts because the people that take it too seriously, like, you know, when you're scrapping in the stands with somebody, like, come on, guys, it's a game. Go there, watch the game, appreciate the game. You know, if, you, yeah. if you're that mad where you have to punch somebody in the face, just watch from home. It's a better place for you. Um, Agreed. You know, um, but it's it's amazing how much this can unify people and bring them together. And, you know, I would love to see at some point where there's a giant stream of the game where they've got fans around the world and watching everybody's reaction when they score. Because mm. it was funny at Jason and Karen's when they scored, all three of us were screaming our faces off, um, you know, for last weekend's Mud Bowl game, which was yeah. fun, fun <laughs> match. That was that was, that was, that was a blast, good. man. That was a fun game to watch. Yeah, dominated by Wrexham. And then as soon as they get that second goal, boom, they're coming back at them. And I was like, oh, God, we're, we're in for it. Here comes a Wrexham-esque type of game, right? Uh -huh. And if their, their keeper kept a minute, it, yeah. it should have been 5-0 at one point, And we were ripping great shots. Yep. That's the beauty of this game, right? Like, we get the second goal, and the other team starts pressing right away yeah there it is mansfield town <laughs> yep i mean it, yeah that game was bananas and uh, i talked about this a little bit last sunday but man uh that 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 mud the the just the pitch in general the condition of the pitch how it was so sporadic and random how the ball would move i mean that's got to be a super unique and like extremely frustrating way to play football. Yeah, just, just ask Mandy, right? <laughs> yes, just ask Mandy. That breakaway <laughs> that never was should have gotten yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Gotten we're that we're all goal. standing up. Mandy's got this. Mandy's got this, and the ball sticks. 
Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. Cause he had <laughs> Mullen streaking in. Like it's uh -huh. exactly what you wanted to see, right? Mendy, yeah. who's going to find Mullen for a shot. And then the ball just sticks in a heavy <laughs> patch of water and mud. That was awesome. Yeah. That was bananas. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been mentioned. Like you've been, you've mentioned it like three or four times now. And I completely agree. It's in all different scenarios that like, Wrexham and the internet and all these things combined to bring a whole lot of people together around the world. And it's such an interesting thing because I, I talk a lot about in a couple of my other podcasts, how I don't think that humans were designed to take in information outside of their immediate locality. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it wasn't until the past 50 years that we started, you know, reading the news daily from places, you know, from completely separate countries on other continents. Um, and I think in a lot of ways it can mess you up and, and, and uh, be, you know, kind of detrimental to your mental health in a lot of ways, but man, mm -hmm. if it doesn't make up for it in stories like this, where uh, millions of people from around the world connect with a tiny little soccer team in the middle of Wales. I mean, that, that's got to be one of the coolest things about the internet and about social media. Well, and that, you know, we were talking about on, you know, Sunday when we were going back and forth, I just finished watching the David Beckham mm. uh, series. Great series. And this is the negative part of the media, right? Where, because I wasn't there seeing, you know, living in those situations and seeing what was going on with Beckham at the time, I just got the little clips that were coming in about him and how much the media was just ragging on him. Yeah. He seems like a really good guy. Yeah. He, he really seems like a really good and genuine guy. But the media had him played up like this rich little spoiled brat. That yeah. He wasn't smart. Like, wasn't it, smart, did not care, only took in his own, you know, it was everything about him was selfish and same thing with his wife, you know, and that's the problem with it. And I went, holy shit, I owe this guy. <laughs> There's my Canadianisms coming up. <laughs> I you about that. But I owe the man an apology based on me, you know, you know, I wasn't going around trashing him, but I bought into all that. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the problem. And sometimes you really have got to see what's going on behind the scenes you know, before you can really understand somebody. Cause even look at the Wrexham players when Paul Mullen was introduced, right? Yeah. yeah. Lots of guys were like, here's the money guy. Right. And he's going to be signing this massive, massive contract. Yeah. He was making a lot more than those guys there, but mm -hmm. it wasn't about money for him, yeah. you know? And a lot of these guys, it was just Wrexham's a good fit. And an interesting thing, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to my buddy, Jason, because, you know, he, you know, he, he'll tell you all about his great time in Wrexham. Nice. But he got a chance to sit down with a coaching staff and have lunch. Wow. I know. I was That's like, so I was like cool. oh, my God. So I, I, when I go over, I'm bringing him with me because I'll be like, you got to introduce me to everyone. Right. <laughs> so but part of what Parky said when they pick somebody is it's got to be a good fit in the locker room. You know, mm -hmm. and I've seen this within sports, you know, you can bring in somebody who's super talented, <clears throat> but they're all about themselves and it will distract from the rest of the team and you won't get the results. So that was part of what they look at, right? Is, you know, are you going to be a good personality fit for the club as well? <sighs> and they seem tight, you know, like your usual, like, you know, I like that, you know, that clip of toes you're giving it to Mullen a bit. But that happens like that's all part of it. If you're not angry at some point yeah. at one of your teammates, then you're not playing. You're not playing with passion. And that oh, you get over that stuff pretty darn quick. Right. Big time. Yeah. You know, like, that's and, just heat of the moment stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah that's it. 
conflict happens. Like you, no, no one's perfect. Nothing happens perfectly. Like I, the, the whole morale and like everything that happens in the team locker room. I remember I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, unfortunately. And um, yeah, like, I've forgiven you for that, by the way. Ugh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible life. Um, but like early two thousands through the mid 20 teens, we would just keep hiring showboat, like criminal bad people that mm -hmm. are fantastically athletic and incredible players, but they would just ruin the club, yep. um, the whole team. And so that should absolutely be one of your prayers. Somebody said um, something really good the other day. It was, uh, it, it might be your talent that gets you there, but it's your character that keeps you there. Yeah. And I freaking love that. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I can, you know, I'm a huge ice hockey fan and my team went through, God, you want to talk about bad media. Don't not be a pro sports hockey player in Canada. The media is just so relentless. And, you really? know, it's no, no difference between being, you know, a Dallas Cowboy living in Dallas. Like, good mm. luck to you because yeah. you're going to be scrutinized everywhere you go. You know, and they had some locker room issue players that they were bigger than the team. I'm not going to say the specific player, but he was wearing his own brand during interviews. Mm. No, not with the most historic franchise or even one of the newer franchises. You don't do that. You're not above the team mm. ever. And they cleared out that mess. It took a few years. We stank. But when we made it to the cup finals again during COVID, which was epic because we weren't supposed to get there. Man, what a run that was. Yeah, it was great. You know, we lost, but hell, like that team, I will love forever, you know, because of how they pushed through it. Like there was the one player I'll mention right now was this big defenseman named Shea Weber. And there was a video of him or a, a picture of him like a couple weeks before they went into the playoffs. And he I think they were donating blood of all things. But the man had both knees wrapped up, both wrists wrapped up in ice packs. I think while he was donating blood, I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is going on with him? And then when we lost and you saw everybody in tears going over to him, they hugged him first. They knew he was retiring at that point. They knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Then it hit home. I'm like, he played through all that injury and these guys were trying their best to get him his cup yeah. and they left it all out there, mm. you know? And then as a fan that draws you right back in again, right? Like, okay, this is yes. why we love these guys. Right. And this is, you know, you know, and, you know, kudos again to the documentary series, because as a Canadian living in the U.S. now, uh, I knocked a lot of football because of the diving. Mm. Hate it. Yeah, absolutely hate it. But when they showed the injuries that do happen, mm. sometimes it's a lot more right than, yeah. you know, than what we think sometimes. But it's the absolute Except with diving Mullen. and he flopping. Just dies. What's that? <laughs> Except for Mullen, he just died. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> We're allowed that bias, right? <laughs> Trying to draw the calls, right? But it's the, uh, you know, the ones that bother me is when they're grabbing their head when it was on the ankle and they're rolling yes. around like they're dead. And when they're not getting a the call, they bounce up and they go, find them, do something. Because yes. that ruins the game. I agree. Um, but that's what, you know, stopped me from drawing me on into it, right? But the beautiful thing, though, is in women's soccer, you don't have a lot of that. So actually, women's soccer started introducing me more to the game because the women's game is great. You know, and again, talking about the women's team and about inaccessibility to talk to people like Del Morgan will respond to me on Twitter. It's great. You know, nice. uh, Rosie Hughes hasn't yet, but Rosie is uh, 
you know, Rosie, she's amazing. <laughs> and I am scared to death of her, uh, by the way. She would totally kick my butt. <laughs> so, um, amazing player. But, you know, Lily Jones is great, too, about mm -hmm. responding back and watching how well they're doing. And I'm so glad they highlighted them because lots of times the women's game gets scrubbed to the side. And women's soccer, like... It, you know, it was a lot of fun to watch in some cases more fun than the men's soccer. Because again, you, if you watch the world cup, they don't dive when they're down hurt, they're hurt, you know, yeah. and you know, they're hurt and they don't, you know, and that's what I appreciate about it. But yeah. So after watching the series, you know, and watching the games live now, it's like I said, this team is just a part of who we are now. I'm mm -hmm. hoping like heck they decided to do another U S tour because that was just phenomenal. Just unreal. I wonder if they'll, since Ryan's Canadian, I wonder if they'll do like a Canadian tour. Yeah, at some point it would make sense because, um, you know, when they did the Carolinas, I kind of laughed. I'm like, oh, those boys are going to get introduced to some humidity that they've <laughs> never experienced in their life. Can you imagine them going to Texas in the middle of summer? Oh, they, I mean, half of them would die. <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> like, and I live in Phoenix. So I was like, there's, they're never coming here. Not a chance unless they had, you know, they used the baseball stadium, converted it to a soccer field, you know, and, and closed, yeah. closed the roof. That's the only way. Yeah. San Diego. I'll tell you guys about this. Cause people that, you know, wonder about Phoenix right now in Phoenix, it's perfect. Okay. It is just beautiful here. Yeah. Um, the winter months in Phoenix are phenomenal, you know, it's a dry, low heat in the, in, the, in the winter, and it's it's epic. The summer is burning hell. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. I can't even describe it. And look at me. Like, the sun laughs at me as soon as I open up the door. You know, it's <laughs> it can't wait to burn me. So, um, you know, so they're never going to come here. But San Diego, driving on over, and I, I'm so excited. I've made this drive several times because it's only six hours away. Mm -hmm. Um and you go through this mountain pass and you're watching it. Like when I drove, it was 118 degrees hmm. in Phoenix. And you're going through the mountain pass, getting there, and you're watching the temperature drop. 118 down to 110, down to 100. By the time you get into where it's flat land, it's 74 degrees, man. Oh, I stepped out. And there's a little humidity in the air, but you step out going, wow. You know, and being from Phoenix, you're like, what is this stuff that's on? Oh, that's called sweat. Yeah. You know, because here it just automatically just evaporates right off you. So just rolling into that was phenomenal. And then uh, we went to this big meetup, uh, you know, before we went, it was called the Princess Pub. Awesome time. Like, I wish I had three more days of hanging out with people from Wrexham. Because hmm. um, again, now I've connected with other people. There's a, a friend of mine now, Jim in Tucson. My daughter had a soccer tournament there. I met with him and his wife before we before uh, we kicked off the festivities for the weekend. Yeah. And his wife was making fun of us. Look at you, Wrexham nerds. We're like, oh, absolutely, we are. You know, <laughs> uh, I had an extra black kit, so I traded him the black kit for the uh, for another scarf and another hat. So, nice. and by the way, these kits were torture to get i was in canada what time was it like 2 a.m i got yeah. up and the website was crashing and we had to sit there for an hour and a half refresh trying to buy them trying to buy them and then uh the year before when i tried to buy a kit i went through three different kits because just and this is helpful for everybody out there so you know the sizes mm -hmm. over there are dramatically different okay so yes. here i'll take an extra large 
this kid is a is a triple XL. So you would figure ordering a triple XL would just be super baggy on a person. Mm-hmm. I'm not that big, everybody. Um, got the dad bod a bit in the gut going on, but those <laughs> things were super tight. Nobody needed to see Sausage Steve walking around and being grossed <laughs> out. Okay, so I bought you know a couple triple XLs and a double XL just in case. Um, so again, for people going to buy, just be aware of that. Feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you recommendations. So, um, but yeah, they were, they were, they was tough to buy. It was, it was incredible. Their, their kits were going like that. I was trying to get shorts. I had them in my cart and I lost my mind because I sold out. I'm like, it was in my cart. The capture (laughs) kept me from buying the shorts. I was going to be that guy, you know, I was going to be that man child dressed with the socks and the shorts and everything. Pretending to be a football player while I was watching games at home. <laughs> I get it, man. I, I have I have way too many articles of clothing for Wrexham at this point. Like, yeah, I, I've I've only been able to get one kit. I've got the Betty Buzz, the the leisure wear stuff, but I, I don't have I have the black kit, which I'm freaking. Oh, love. the black kit is so nice. But even this one, when you when you see everything in the you know in behind yeah. it right the dragons yes. imprinted in it's nice yes so, so nice yeah it's, then, it's it's i have this the like nice looking scarf the one that doesn't look like a rexham scarf i love that oh one. the dress scarf yeah that uh, okay so i've got a i've I, I bought too much my wife <laughs> is not allowed to watch this because she will kill me but i'm here bought too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the part where we edit the episode going okay we'll go back and be like we only have one kid each <laughs> exactly yes um and also i love ollie palmer's company like i buy all of his stuff too because yeah i haven't jumped down so that cool. rabbit hole yet because i'm just once again scared of my wife uh dude once you totally start right. down down that one because Wrexham sells out so quick and yeah and to be fair ollie palmer's website is sold out all the time too but you have way more options. There are more options for everything. And so once you buy one, it's it's all super nice material, like mm-hmm. made really well, super comfortable. Um, man, I freaking, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> if we had more money, it, it would all be spent on Wrexham attire. Yeah. Well, if I had more money, I'd be having a place in Wrexham and then going over every couple of weeks yes you know at some point here we got to pull a bunch of fans together and say let's just buy a place over there you know <laughs> we're gonna buy and because we we all can't huh. go year-round but hey treat it like just a wrexham airbnb for fans you know i am not opposed to this to this <laughs> proposition whatsoever i think we could get that done oh heck yeah with the a little, amount of fans little, like, that I'm live sure. here yeah you know i i paid for an international membership yeah. Um, I'm the type I'll support the team regardless. And there yeah. was a possibility we could go this year, but with the way our daughter's schedules are this year, there's no way. So I'm looking to shoot, you know, I'm going to, I think the school schedules will come out sometime for next year in January. Mm-hmm. When I know when their fall break is next year, I think that's where we're going to be making our plans to head over there. Um, the only scary part though, is the no tickets. Now, mm. you know, with the fans over there, just being the way they are, they hook up most people and I can't say that they'll always do that. Right. Because right. that's a really selfless act, especially for something that you love that much. Yes. Um, but I'm sure I can, you know, finagle four tickets to get on over there. Cause I registered all four of us for that and that exact purpose. And I'll do it again next year. Yeah. It's just nerve wracking, you know, thinking like, Hey, I may not have a ticket as I'm flying over there. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of made my peace with that too. I, we're in the same boat. We, uh, we can't make it out for this season. So we're going to head out 
there. I, I hope next season. Um, yeah. Well, we should. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk off screen, and we'll sit there and see because yeah. hey, maybe we'll hit Wrexham by storm. Because my buddy Jason said, "Yeah, just let me know when you're going," because they may plan to go there too. Nice. You know, if there's a good mob of us, that may be really cool. But yeah, uh, I definitely, while I'm there, want to see the women play too, and I would love to catch an away game. Like yes. I'm just crossing my fingers. It's it's one of those Tuesday Saturday type of deals where we've got one in Wrexham, one outside, and then yeah. the women's on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I got to get that complete, you know, complete package while I'm there. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. Like make the most of it while you're there for sure. Do as many things as possible. But you kind of have to accept, or at least I don't know, go there with the mindset that you're not going to get to go to any of them. That way, you're going to enjoy yourself anyway. Because like watching well, these- from the turf sounds great. Oh yeah, no, watching from the turf or any other pub. So yeah. I have to go back and look on Facebook because there was somebody that I met in San Diego. She owns a pub just outside of Wrexham, mm-hmm. and she's a huge Wrexham fan. So she said, you know, she'll buy me a pint when I go there. Nice. Um, doesn't have to do that because I'm sure I'll be. Well, you know, she can buy me one. I'll have four more. So uh, (laughs) um, without a problem. Uh, That's why my it's dad bought inspired, my friend. But uh, (laughs) but yeah. And and again, going back to it, like like it's not, you know, Wrexham's going to have its problems. Like, you know, they pointed it out to me. You know, it's a working class town just with every other issue. But yeah, it's how personable everybody seems to be. Right. And I do like the people that embrace us newbies to this because, Mm -hmm. yeah there's some things I just don't understand. Like I don't understand the history and it's great that a lot of this is coming on out, right? Every episode we're learning more. Like I can't wait to be honest with you because my family will be on their own uh, or we'll have to find somebody to watch my kiddos because I plan on spending at least four or five hours in Wrexham Lager Club just <laughs> talking to those guys, you know, yeah. just sitting back and hearing story after story. It was cool because you know, talking to Jim found out his wife is from, uh, Czechia. So, uh, you know, she likes hockey and I was like, Oh my goodness, you know, way back in the day, we're talking 1920s or 1930s. Um, a Canadian coach went over there and taught, you know, the Czechs how to play Canadian style hockey because Canada was pretty dominant back then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's really cool, you know, that they picked up on it and they've got so many talented players that came out of there, but even just to talk about those things with them. Right. And to go, you know, every bit of advice I got from everybody is go to Wrexham, you know, it's a small town, enjoy it, but go and see the rest of the countryside, like get out of Wrexham and go and enjoy Wales because it's a beautiful spot. So my wife's family is from Wales. Um, I cannot pronounce where they're from, Uh, (laughs) but, and Steve Jones apparently will correct you on it, which is awesome. Uh, So... uh, I can't wait to go. And, you know, they talk about the history of their family, you know, coming from there. So mm-hmm. there's a lot, you know, a lot more layers in it for us, you know, compared to some other people. But again, oh, it'll feel, you know, it'll feel awesome to go there and just, you know, finally get to the race course grounds, even just see it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I, I can't wait just to see the floodlights in the distance. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I'm looking so forward to that time when I, we finally get to go over there. I agree, man. I, I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait. Like I, I really, really wanted to this year, but um, yeah, just can't, we just can't make it happen this season. So we're going to have to wait and be patient. Yeah. 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 <laughs> life, life, life with a wife and kids is busy and full-time work and everything on top of it. Uh, literally go. my days are, it starts Mon- soccer's Monday through Saturday. 
And mm-hmm. this week it's 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 Monday through Sunday. We've, we actually got to get up Sunday morning at 5 a.m. to make it to an 8 a.m. game that's an hour away. So, yeah, that's a lot. It's it's a rough one. So unfortunately, I won't be able to watch the women's team play, but there's a there's a good reason for it. Um, <laughs> yes. You're, watching your here. daughter, I think, is more important. <laughs> yeah. Which is part of it, too. You know, me, you know, when I say it, like when I miss a Rexa match, I don't want to miss it. And I'll be honest with you. Lots of times when my daughters are there, um, you know, as soon as there's a break in play and Rexham's playing, I am checking the score in between. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I, I have to do that. And sometimes my older daughter's not totally into her younger sister's game. So I'll have the phone on over with her and she can stream and watch Wrexham play. And yeah. I just watch for her reactions. If there's a big fist pump, like, Hey, then I know we scored, right? right. I see her drop her head. I'm like, Oh shoot. We just let one in <laughs> or it's a penalty kick or something like that. Right. So, uh, but yeah, they're my favorite athletes in the world. Like I am more passionate watching them on the field, you know, than I am any other athlete right now. And, you know, it's, it's youth club soccer. It's fun. It's so much fun. So I can't wait to watch the big kids out on the field though, playing. Right. So, cause I couldn't imagine, you know, the lifestyle of an athlete, but having that pure joy of doing something you really love Mm -hmm. and out there and playing it. Right. You know, it's, it's gotta be an amazing feeling. And, you know, when I hear about the retirements of players, like when I watched Beckham, you know, don't want to ruin things for everybody, but everybody knows David Beckham's story, you mm-hmm. know, when he was in tears on his very last game, knowing yeah. that this is a hundred percent his last game because he knew his body couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Like that's gotta be tough when oh, you've been doing it since the age of like, you know, four or five, you know, in his case, I think it was 15 when he went to man, you right. So mm-hmm. crazy, absolutely yeah. crazy, you know, and then having to walk away from that. Cause I found it, you know, it happens in hockey in Canada too. When you're really talented and young, you move away from your family. Mm. You have to, you have to go to where um, you can develop more. Right. So, yeah. you know, for the longest time, I was, I was always mind blown by these guys that were, you know, in huge states of depression, you know, and really suffering when they walked away from the game. Cause you know, thinking like, well, you've got all the money in the world. Now you're doing, you're, you're well off financially. You're, you know, you walked away from the game before you had significant injuries and you can move around. But when that is ingrained every day in your life and it's just taken away from you, how do you fill that void? Right. Yep. And not everybody's going to have David Beckham money where they can be like, well, I'm just going to go buy an MLS team and stick with it. Right. Yeah. So that's the other part of that human factor of the game. Right. Because, you know, people were really criticizing Ben Tozier. Right. We've been hearing a lot of it. Poor man had a lot going on in his life. Yes, he did. And the last couple of games, he looked good to me. He did look good the last couple of games. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then good old Mendy, you know, suffering after, you know, one of our draws that, you know, we could have pulled away from a win, but it's not, not on him. And Mendy's Mendy. Like how many great chances does Mendy make? You yeah. know, I love and watching he, him play. Oh, he's so much fun. Like watching him swing wide with that ball. Yeah. You know, and just knowing something's going to happen. Unfortunately, like Steve Fletcher was another one <laughs> that, oh, you knew something was going to happen when Fletch was put on that field. You knew something <laughs> was going to happen. And when I heard about his injury, I was like, oh, come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It is. Uh, the, the injury side of sports can be super frustrating, but I mean, you're totally right. Like my, my top three favorite players on our team to like watch and are like the most exciting in my, in my opinion are, um, Ryan Barnett, Jacob Mendy and Elliot Lee. I think like, I mean, Lee's an animal. 
Like, oh. <laughs> Will Will Ferrell described it perfectly. Yes, <laughs> yes, he did. Like I think I think ninety percent of Lee's body weight is in his quads. Yeah. Like he is just just he's another relentless one out there, and you know something's going to happen when he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of the lowest points of my life was being in San Diego and watching Mullen drop. Mm. But you you had to hear the you had to be there and just hear the whole like the life being sucked out of everybody in that building going, hold on. We're riding this great momentum going into season and our star striker mm. ends up with broken ribs. And you knew he was hurt. Yep. You know, you knew he was hurt. Oh God, yep. man. But, but despite is, that, man, we're Mulls still is back. Yep. He's and back. we're third in the league. That ain't too shabby <laughs> considering we didn't have him for the first, what, eight games. Yeah. And then coming back, like you can tell, like he was fighting through it still. Like, yep. Yep. He, he, and and again, that goes to that you know amazing athlete mindset, right? He pushed through it and still was able to perform. Like you could tell that the cardio wasn't back yet, and he had some pain. Yeah. But just watching him back on the field was a huge lift, right? Um, mm-hmm. Still a little weird seeing Ollie Palmer without the beard. Um, yes. <laughs> His son didn't like it either. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <that> video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crying. I think a lot of people did. Right. That was um, one of the funniest things. That was so great. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, I love those videos where the dad will shave and they have an infant and the infant will just start immediately weeping and being terrified of the dad. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because my dad, when I was about that old, went away on a hunting trip. He was gone for a couple of weeks. They were gone to go get a, go get a moose. Mm-hmm. And my dad can grow a heck of a beard awfully quick. And he went clean shaven and then showed up with the beard. And, and he's trying to give me a hug. And I, you know, I faintly remember that. But my parents were telling me that story where I wanted nothing to do with him. Like, I was scared. Like, who the heck are you? And why are you trying to touch me? So my dad went in shaved and came back out. And I was still like, okay, hold on. Yeah. What's this? What's this wizardry going on here? <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, the reverse side of that. That yeah, yeah, that probably doesn't happen too often because I imagine the dads are pretty much around more than once every two weeks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine that's the rarer of the two. I think that was probably like one of the last times my dad was allowed to go on one of those type of hunting trips. To be honest really? with you, where he was gone for you know quite a stint. Yeah, uh, because a after that, I don't. I don't remember ever leaving, actually just driving us to three, had three boys in competitive hockey. So there we go. Yeah. Crazy. Which again, brings you back to everything. When you watch people thank their families, right? Like those getting up early in the morning and dropping you on off, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gosh, like I, you know, in, in like in our case, they were at, we lived in a small city and they could be, we could have games at the same time in three different areas. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. There was a lot of 6am practices. I, my dad was a shift worker. Like, I have no idea how he did it. Cause right now I've got, I know when my daughter's practices are, they're not usually the practices aren't early games can be uh, like this Sunday is going to be torture. I will send you a follow up of how miserable I am <laughs> Perfect. when I get up in that morning, but you know, it's amazing everything that goes into it, right. Mm-hmm. To, to get there. So, um, yeah. You know, again, thankful for parents that put up with all this and allow us to, to push through. Right. hundred percent. Steve, we're going to wrap up soon, but before we do that, let's uh, this, this is going to come out on Sunday and we will have had two games before then. So let's, let's make some predictions here. Let's look at, <laughs> let's look at a few things. And all right. Oh, in about 36 minutes, we play Port Vale in the EFL trophy. 
Port Vale is a League One team. Let's go over to this one. They are 16th in League One right now. They've lost five out of their last six, Ooh. drawn once out of their last six. I don't know what it was before that, but they're not looking great at the moment. Um, they have a total of 18 points, and they've played 15 games. Not a good ratio right there. So, um, But this is a team. So sometimes those teams that need a lift, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are going to come out and play hard. Yep. And then our lineup is our backups. So we've got Luke McNicholas at goal, Bryce Hosanna, Liam McElinden, William Boyd, which honestly, how is this our backup team? Like it's this team <laughs> is fantastic. Max you know, Luke... Leworth, Daniel Davis, Luke Young, Aaron James, yeah. Jordan Davis, Billy Waters, and Jake Bickerstaff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's not a bad backup team, right? So no. So my prediction on this one is a 3-1 win for Wrexham. Okay, 3-1. All right. I'm going to say I think it's going to be 2-1. I mean, we're, play, we're playing at home, which is super helpful. Um, and last time Luke McNicholas played, he was killer. Um, he got Texan of the match the last time he played. Uh, he, was, he was fantastic uh, i can't so. wait wait to see what kind of trophy you give out for the wrexham or the wrexham texan player of the year <laughs> we'll see how that goes i gotta i have to have one designed specifically for it's it. gotta be a belt buckle buddy it's gotta be a belt i think buckle. i think it i think it's gonna be something like that or spurs maybe to go <laughs> on your boots yeah <laughs> all right so three one and two one and then let's see our next one after that is this saturday Let's, I mean, we're going to be embarrassing ourselves. I have a feeling um, with these predictions. Here we go. I, you never know. I did okay. The only one with the U.S. invasion one that I got brutally wrong was our first game. Um, okay. <laughs> the other ones I did okay on. So we're playing Gillingham on Saturday uh, at Stoke Kai Ross. Um, let's see. How's Gillingham doing? I don't even know. League table. Uh, let's see. They're number nine. So they have 25 points. They're not in great form. Um, lost four of their last six, one, two of the last six. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about Gillingham. I well, know the only problem too, is we're missing two players, um, yeah. oh, right. with red cards, right? So malls is out. Who's the other one? Uh, wasn't it McLean? Didn't we figure it could out? be McLean. Yeah, I think you may be right that it's McLean out. So we're missing two significant pieces. I wish they would have that kind of info right up here. Like who's who's out for the next match. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely know it was Mullen because that one grabbed my attention. I was like, uh-oh. Yes. So that's going to make for a much tougher match. Yeah. Um, love or keeper. So I'm going to go yeah. with a 1-0 victory for Wrexham. Okay, 1-0. Um, I don't think it'll be a clean sheet, but he, I mean, Arthur Conquo is fantastic. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's, he's absolutely amazing. Yes. I, I was, I was kind of shocked and also kind of not. It's weird. Like when he first got here, I, I, he didn't seem comfortable, but ever since like those first couple games, now he seems in it. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's there. Well, can you imagine though going? You know, we're, we got him from Arsenal, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So coming over from Arsenal and then going into a smaller place like Wrexham, right? Mm. 
you can't hide in Wrexham. There's no way you could. So you <laughs> want to talk about you're seven feet tall. <laughs> exactly, exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. He can't, yeah, he can't hide. So, you know, I could understand the initial uncomfortable and then of course settling in with the team. Right. And, mm-hmm. and getting used to stuff, but that's, you know, the beauty of that is once you're on the pitch, especially as a keeper, right. That pitch is yours. Mm-hmm. So just getting on there and then having the confidence of saying, okay, this is my pitch. And the way I describe it to like, you know, when I'm giving the goalkeepers tips here is it's your pitch. These are all your pawns, right? You know, you tell them where to go. You give them the heads up. This yeah. is you, you know, you control them, right. And make sure you're barking orders. So I think that's part of it too, is being comfortable enough at the locker room to get in there, you know, and just sort of take over, mm-hmm. you know, cause Foster with all of his experience, it wasn't that hard for him to command that. Right. And, yeah. And he was already well-respected cause he's been, you know, everybody knows who he is. So, yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't like Arthur Oconquo, who's a young kid coming in, bossing around some 38 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the other guys, like a lot of these guys have played premier championship levels. Right. So yeah, yeah that's gotta be a tough thing to settle in. Mm-hmm. So, and, and just for everybody to know, I was like, I was a goalie in hockey. So I am very protective of goalies, super protective of them. So yeah, when, when Foster was struggling early on, I, I had his back, um, you know, and, and kudos to him for just admitting like, okay, I've got to, I've got to pull out of this now. Yeah. I just, I just don't have it anymore. Cause recognizing a save that you could routinely make before, mm-hmm that's pretty huge and pretty selfless, right? Cause he could have right. just kept pushing it through, but it shows exactly where his heart was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also kudos. Cause we mentioned this story that, you know, we got to get going on this one, but back to Howard, you know, I'm glad that the documentary series went over that because by the time we could stream games, I didn't know everything going on. And unfortunately right. I caught the one game where Howard made that one misjudgment of the ball in the air and it was an easy tapping goal. And we got that win where, now we're leapfrogging ahead, right? So yeah. you found yourself getting pulled in by people that are just out there. And the easiest thing to do in sports is to just find a victim to blame when a loss happens, right? So forget yeah. about how many victories and clean sheets Howard had before that. All of a right. sudden, he was the villain, yeah. right? And then when I saw it, I was like, holy cow, now I've got to go back and reassess. Once again, like Beckham, I've got to reassess. Yeah. And then I find people who aren't, you know that have a good voice. They're the level headed ones for me to get a perspective from. So when I don't quite get everything, I will go to somebody that I really Mm. respect. That's not going to be over the top. Right. Because yeah, like I get it. A bad goal goes in. It sucks the life out of you for a second. Yeah. But yeah, but put it in perspective, people guy did pretty darn well to help us get promoted and then had to step away and, and hand it over to the next person. He's doing it again this year. Like, here you go right? Multiple (laughs) times. (laughs) Take the reins. So nothing but immense respect for the professional Howard. Like great job. Heck yeah. Completely agree. That dude is a super professional. You could, you can see the pain in his face in the documentary sometimes of having to give up his job multiple times. But um, the fact that he did it and he still helps out the other keepers and still, you know, has them on his podcast and they chat and like, it's, it's fantastic. Very professional. What a great dude. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Steve, this has been awesome. I have a feeling you're going to be back on this show more oh, than once in the future. Jake, your phone's going to blow up. Um, <laughs> like, it's funny during the games because I want to interact with people. So I will blow stuff up on Twitter and try mm-hmm. to tag people. Instagram, I try to do the same thing when there's a goal or an amazing play. 
Um, you know, I'm always reposting other people's material, just trying to help promote them. So yeah, we will, we'll be in contact because it's, it's again, you're, you know, sort of in the same boat as me, right? We're going through this Wrexham journey early on and being the new people in it. It's great connecting with the same type of people. And in the meantime, you know, having the experts over there. So I can't wait five years from now to revisit this conversation where now we're more experienced Wrexham folk. We've been over there a few times, there we uh, go. adopted members we, of the community. We own a house over there. <laughs> That's exactly it. Hey, <laughs> I keep playing Powerball because if I do win it, that cop is being built. Oh, heck yes. I will absolutely. And I will bribe everybody on that council. Just build this stuff. Like, knock it off. There we go. I am definitely not above bribing people to do their job better. <laughs> yeah, here, here's extra money for you actually doing your job properly. So by the way, look up that article because it blew my mind. Yeah, like, I'll I read have to look it. it up after this. Yeah, yeah so just the, the quick synopsis. I don't know everything in the background, right? Like, mm -hmm. yes, be a good steward to the earth, right? Take care of it. Yeah. But if you're really hanging up for once to twice a week, not adding on and, and increasing the capacity because you're worried about the sewage system, 95% of the people that go to the games are locals. They'll be peeing in their toilets at home. There we go. So why is this? Yep, a they'll be in the pub down the street. Yes. Or at their house. It's like your sewage system's still getting it. So Yes. Yeah. And at the game, let's be honest. Who leaves their seats to go piss except at halftime? And if you can't get in, you yep. don't want to miss a one moment time. of the match. Yep. Yeah. Just yeah. One. You're, you're not leaving, you no. know? So I'm like, Hey, you're actually going to conserve the amount of water being wasted there. <laughs> or just mandate that everybody wear diapers. You yeah. Can do that. I, hey, I, I, I saw this one last quick thing. Uh, this was years ago where this guy would go on these tours and he go to different pubs and stuff. And he, you know, he was saying one of the worst things in the world is having to go pee. And he wore a, he wore a condom catheter <laughs> and it was awesome. Cause he's like, I got to go pee and leave the table now or do I? And it went down yeah. to it. I'm like, Oh hell yeah. Like that is brilliant. <laughs> Steve, are you peeing right now? Yes, I am. And, uh, <laughs> just ignore it. That's great. Well, Steve, again, thank you for joining. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to the game here in 30 minutes and then another one uh, on Sunday. And Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Can't wait. So, Jake, great talking to you. And like I said, looking forward to looking forward to more conversations throughout the rest of the year, man. Heck yeah. Thanks, Steve. I'll talk to you later. So there you have it. Um, Steve is one of the most passionate uh, Wrexham fans that I've come across. Um, absolute pleasure talking with him. Um, he's such a good dude. Um, if you want to go follow him on Instagram, uh, here is his Instagram page. Um, he posts clearly, clearly a Wrexham fan. <laughs> I mean, almost nothing but Wrexham posts on here, which is fantastic with the occasional personal one. I mean, there's a, there's, I guess that's Halloween. Yeah. But, um, yeah, great time. Uh, looking forward to having him back on the podcast in the future. That'll do it for this week, y'all. I will try to put out a review episode of the Welcome to Wrexham episodes from this past week um, sometime this week. Uh, hopefully I'll do it tomorrow night, but we'll see. Um, so thank y'all for tuning in. Really appreciate y'all watching. Go follow me, WXM Texan, Wrexham Texan on Instagram and Twitter. You can interact with me there or you can just um, email me. Uh, director at Peaceful Sea Productions. If you have questions, if you want to come on the show, 
Um, if you just want to talk Wrexham, I'm always down. Uh, you can also watch this show over on my company's website, PeacefulC.network, where um, we're slowly building out a small streaming platform for, for our movies and then uh, our podcasts and some of the some other independent content that's out there. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. Um, but that's it for this week. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. Oh, I need to make a prediction. I believe, uh, dad gamut, who are we playing? Uh, let's see. I thought it was Accrington, but I could be wrong. Yep. Playing Accrington Stanley away game. Um, 3 p.m. on Saturday, the 18th. My prediction is, um, I think I gave 2-0, um, 2-0, sorry, 2-0. Uh, I gave that prediction on me, the wife, and Wrexham AFC, so I'm going to give it here. 2-0, Wrexham wins, Mullen gets both goals. That's That's my prediction. So there you have it. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Up the town. And if you knock my soul with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.